0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Filmcast, a podcast about movies. I'm David Chen, and I wish God would grant me the confidence of a mediocre white hitman. Joining me today is Devinder Hardwar. I am Jax McDonald's Egg Witch. (laughs) And Jeff Kanata.
1: My name is Jeff Kanata, and I also went through a very intense period of my life where I listened almost exclusively to The Smiths. (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully fewer people died. Well, um, that's debatable. <laughs> also, Davinder, don't forget, it's a, a, a protein only egg witch, from what I could tell. Um, well, that, that's like, what makes it an egg witch. There's no bread. Oh, egg okay. witch. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he was using two, like, he used two sandwiches slices, and the ham. He, I think yes. he was using, like, two slices yes, of yes, ham yes. As, as the buns. I I have Um, become very fond of egg witches, um, (laughs) but I can
2: just imagine that is that's probably a Fincher thing. That is like so many of these like character details are like, oh, that's what I eat for breakfast.
0: No bread, no carbs. Sure. Those are, of course, all vague and oblique references to the fact that today on the podcast, we're going to be discussing the new David Fincher film, The Killer, streaming right now on Netflix. You can find more episodes of this podcast at thefilmcast.com. Email us at at gmail.com. And find us across all platforms at the Filmcast Pod, including YouTube, where we're posting new videos every week, as well as on Instagram and threads and TikTok at the Filmcast. And become a patron at patreon.comslash filmpodcast, where you can sign up for ad free episodes and exclusive After Darks this week on The After Dark. A very cool conversation we're bringing to you uh, with Devindra Hardwar. And uh Devinder Hardwar, you want to tell us about this week's After Dark? Sure. Uh, I chatted with Kelvin Redvers,
2: who is an indigenous filmmaker in Canada. We had a good chat about his experiences or his feelings on Killers of the Flower Moon and also just, you know, his work and the need for greater representation. Hey, what better way to ring in Thanksgiving here? You know, I'm getting I'm getting Adam's Family Values vibes. It's like I have a hard time celebrating Thanksgiving sometimes. So, you know, we're going to be reminded of uh, also other things, things that happen, especially around indigenous communities here
0: around the Americas. Very cool. Well, check that out on this week's After Dark. And again, available at patreon.com slash film podcast. On that note, yeah, it is Thanksgiving this week, guys. Um, And I want to give a, first of all, a big shout out to everyone who continues to support this podcast um, and make this podcast possible. We're thankful for you. We're thankful for you. you. Uh, We're thankful for all of our patrons. We're thankful for everyone who leaves a review on Apple Podcasts or who shares the podcast with their friends um it's really really amazing uh that we are still going after all this time you guys have any thanksgiving plans uh, i think we're gonna over at the chen household we're gonna have a, a family convergence everyone's gonna come over here and uh my uh mother-in-law br- brought us a uh, a chen that's right um a <laughs> convergence. um my mother-in-law bought us a uh like a 10 to 15 pound ham nice um, it's a big ham It's a big Big ham, yeah. So you're doing
1: ham instead of turkey, or yeah, ham instead of turkey. I think two
0: large proteins is too much. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you need all the proteins. Uh, Sometimes people, you
1: know, a lot of people do both. You do both, yeah. We're gonna pick up a roast pork that does both.
0: (laughs) Can I just say, I think turkey is really difficult to do well. It's hard to do well.
2: I like, I love a good turkey, but is I've had so many badly done ones. Yes. uh, Let let me tell you guys the killer combo though is um, it's roast pork. It's pernil, as as my wife's family does it. So we're gonna be getting nice. a big old pork shoulder. You cook that sucker for like ten hours. Just mm. let it let it go. Love it. Um, and then you compare that with whatever, and that is that's what I'm looking forward to. Compare that great.
0: with whatever. That's what I that's what I choose to do. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Kanata, any any uh, special plans? We
1: are traveling, or at least that's the plan. My uh, children's illnesses are. Uh, arriving just Mm. in time to make that in doubt uh, at this, at this moment. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we shall see, but at the, you know, the, the plan is to travel to Arizona for my in-laws house. Uh, And um, I will tell you, my mother-in-law does the best Turkey in the world. And her secret is that she does not cook an entire bird. Oh yeah. She gets just giant, slabs of turkey bre- breast meat mm. you can get them from costco in these huge slabs mm. and yeah, she yeah. just does that and that's all you want and they i think come i know exactly succulent. what you're talking about it like yes, comes in these yes, packages yes. and yes. it's just the like chunks right oh yeah. my gosh it's incredible It's good they, stuff it's so succulent so moist so delicious you it, gotta it,
2: get some dark meat though
1: you gotta like yeah make that a combo of different things i mean but i guess but, but i i don't miss the dark meat i'll tell you what and it yeah. it, uh, it you miss the only thing you miss is the like grand uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. reveal slash slicing, but effectively you're getting the same thing because what she she presents us a platter with it all you know it's all sliced up because that's how it comes and it's like oh I sliced the turkey in the other room and brought it out it, it, there's no difference and yeah, it's just yeah, way yeah. better it cooks
0: more evenly too when you do it that exactly way. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. well Jeff uh, hoping the travel plans coalesce as planned um, but wherever you are. Whoever you are out there, we hope uh, that you have a happy Thanksgiving and are staying safe and healthy yeah. out there
1: uh, right S- now. Snuggle and,
2: up with the family, watch a fine family movie like the Killer. Right Yes. <laughs> yeah
1: something that you can all just <laughs> just enjoy <laughs> together as a family.
0: I, I you know I'm gonna talk about this momentarily, uh, uh-huh. but uh, my wife and I watched the first four episodes of the Crown. Uh, season six, which is are all that are available right now. Mm-hmm. And How I'm many killings are in that one? I, I mean, it's basically <clears throat> about the final days of Princess Diana. So yeah. it's like yeah. one of the most depressing uh sequences. I uh, heard, like, yeah, yeah, like set set like you know storylines in the Crown, and it, Netflix made it available right in time for Thanksgiving, baby. So it's almost you know.
2: it's almost like a little macabre. Like it's it's like we know what's gonna happen. Are yeah. you are you up playing the drama and the like
0: the like doom of it all? I yeah. don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that more okay. momentarily in what we've been watching. Uh, but yes, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And a huge thanks to everyone who keeps this podcast going. We appreciate you. All right. Let's get to what we've been watching this week. Jeff
1: Kanata. Uh, what have you been watching this week? I checked out the new Taika Waititi joint that is entitled Next Goal Wins. Nice. This is I feel like, you know, Taika is a poster child for one for them, one for me, you know? That whole thing where mm-hmm. yeah. you you make a you make a big old studio movie that yeah. it, it rakes in all the cash and then you make uh, a small little sort of personal thing uh that that you wanted to make. And I think he's really good at doing that. Uh, We've seen that over and over again in his career. He makes these gigantic, you know, Marvel movies or whatever. And then he goes off and makes a a little goofy comedy thing. And this is that one. This is the goofy little comedy thing. It's based on a true story. Uh, It's a sweet sort of, um, I mean, it's sort of, it is absolutely a classic template sports movie, you know, a little guy, impossible odds, trying to just uh, win the game. You know what I mean? Mm
2: -hmm. And a grumpy, Uh, grumpy, fassy. Grumpy fastbender, right?
1: Uh grumpy fastbender. That's right. I got a lot of fastbender this week.
2: It's a big fassy week, yeah. Very very
1: (laughs) different, different kinds of fastbenders. Uh this this yeah. In one of them he's a cold-hearted killer. I was going to say <laughs> with a heart of gold. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say in one of them he's angry and wants to destroy everything. And then the other he's a killer, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh No, this is a a uh a story, a true story, based on a true story from 2001, uh where the uh the team from American Samoa uh Got destroyed on a in a FIFA match, mm-hmm. uh, the biggest loss ever recorded on a you know international stage. Uh, they lost thirty one to nothing <laughs> <laughs> in soccer That's, in a soccer match.
0: Oh man! I mean, <laughs> oh man! That is. Yeah. Are you sure that know. wasn't like the basketball score again? <laughs> yeah, right.
1: <laughs> football was so I mean they football, said football maybe? but did they, they mean American, yeah. Football? <laughs> American um, football? Yeah, American <laughs> football. No, they the 31 goals were scored in a soccer match. Uh and uh you know it was kind of uh, embarrassing and so they they decided to bring in a new coach uh who had experience uh in FIFA who had experience on the on the international stage. And this guy Came in and tried to uh, the the whole story of the movie is that the um, the organizer of the American Samoa team just wanted one goal. That was the uh, that's the entire the entire dream was not to win the match. Just mm-hmm. score one goal. That should have been the title of the movie. Just one goal. Just please. one goal. Please. Yeah. Um, and I, I got to tell you, you know, Taika Waititi. I think, you know, his, his small movies, his, his adorable movies, uh, Wilder people and, and others, he, he can depict just sweet, lovely, uh, kind of funny people better than anybody. He, he, you know, he, he peoples his films with these like endearing, lovely humans, you know, they're just so sweet. So kind of understated the comedy comes from how just warm hearted and good they are. You know, he, he minds that in such a lovely way. And I think this movie is that in spades. Is it, is it going to surprise you in any way? Probably not. But, uh, I, my wife and I went to this together. Oh no, no, no. My mom, I went with my mom. I took my mom to this and uh, she and i had a great time we laughed out loud numerous times uh it is a just a sweet simple little movie um it has some sort of big ideas in it you know there is a uh, very famously uh, one of the american samoa players uh was one of the first trans uh, athletes um in uh in fifa and uh that character i think uh you know is It's not a character you see enough in, in films, in big budget film. Well, this isn't a big budget, but in, you know, um, media these days. Mm -hmm. And I think the movie handles that, I think with, um, uh, in a way that I think presents it to a modern audience, a mainstream audience, uh, in a way that maybe they need to see. Uh, I think that I, I liked the handling of it. Honestly, personally, I will Uh, you know, you
0: you may be aware that it's very controversial how that storyline was handled, uh, about that character.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not just telling you how I received it. I think it it is done with a lot of, I mean, obviously I'm not trans and I don't have that, uh, life experience to bring to bear, to, to, to judge it against my own. I can just say as a person who believes in trans rights and, um, wants depictions of trans characters to be more mainstream i thought this was a very kind of sensitive um uh positive uh, expression again i may be you know i'm not echoing the thoughts of the grander trans community i don't know what those thoughts are but um i i came out of it feeling like you know it it's it just a lovely story it it, it it seems to come at each of the characters not just that character but each of the characters from such a a loving place um and i like that i mean this is a movie where you know you the bad guys are adorable you know as so much as there's a bad guy at all mm. it's you know everybody is just the sweetest humans and uh i honestly think the the biggest knock against this movie. And it, it, it's surprising me even to say it is a uh, fast I think Fastbender is not great in this movie. Um, and I'm surprised. Cause I really like him. I think he's a very, uh, very strong actor. And I just, I didn't, I wasn't vibing on what, how he was portraying this guy. I kind of felt like he was winking at the camera uh, a bit. And, you know, it's a Taika Waititi movie, which means the very first shot of this movie is Taika Waititi himself. In a, a ridiculous mustache, turning directly to camera and going, "Oh, hello!" You know, so it's it's a goofy movie that winks at the camera a lot. But I thought Fassbender, like it, it didn't pull it off. It, it, he he, kind of was the for me the uh, the weakest link. And uh, I thought all the other lovely uh, American Samoan characters are uh, are what you go see this movie for. They are fun. They're sweet. They're lovable. They're, uh, you know, you root for them. Uh, it's, I, I, it's a lovely time. It's not, you know, not my favorite movie of the year. It's not even my favorite sports movie. It's very, uh, very conventional sports movie in a lot of ways, but it made me smile, made me laugh, and I had a great time at the theater with my mom.
0: All right. Well, that's next goal wins, and it is available right now in theaters. David, your hardware. What have you watched this week? Oh, sure. I've
2: been checking out most of the new Scott Pilgrim series on Netflix, Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. And I'm not going to say much about this other than um, if you were worried about them just redoing the books, which are excellent, the Brian Lee O'Malley books, or the movie, the Edgar Wright movie. Um, because this actually has the entire cast of the movie, and Edgar Wright's like uh, so, sort of involved. Uh, yeah, he's
0: like, he's kind of like blessed this project. He's right? blessed it,
2: yeah. And uh, based, I think he like helped like corral everybody together, which is amazing. Because that first of all, that was such a fantastic cast. With um, y- you got everybody. You got uh, you got, Brandon Routh. Right, you got <laughs> I like, Jason Schwartzman. I like, I like
0: that you started
2: Everybody. With Brandon Routh. That's Every, a, that's the joke. That's Brandon the Routh. The joke. That is um, the joke. But no, they had Chris Evans, they had May Whitney, yeah, yeah. they had they had Bree a- Larson. F- virtually everyone. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Like, come on.
0: Virtually everyone in that cast became way more famous after that movie. Except All of them. except for Brandon Routh, who is most except famous for, before that movie came listen, out. Listen, poor Brandon
2: Routh. I think he whenever he pops up in something I'll listen. Anyway, so this is I have to say, um this show is kind of a miracle because, first of all, Edgar Wright's Scott Pilgrim movie shouldn't have worked. And I remember we've talked about this, but, you know, I saw it at Comic-Con and that's one of my like one of the best uh, pop culture experiences I've ever had. But that's also a tremendous movie because it was coming through Edgar Wright, who has such a clear grasp of pop culture and the source of the book, too. Like uh, uh, the the books are I think a really great look at, I don't know, 20-something malaise in uh, in the 2000s. You know, it's like a very specific thing. Scott is not a good dude. He's kind of a shitbag, but everybody around him you know, pretty much is trying to hold him to account for that. So I, I, I find it funny. I find it heartwarming. Love the books. Uh, Edgar Wright's movie was like a wonderful adaptation of it that couldn't go as deep. And this is something else entirely. And it's just amazing to see... This like one thing kind of get reinterpreted in a way that is still funny and sweet and heartwarming and moving and also just like a real blast and is filled with just like this is like another lens of pop culture too. like the the Edgar Wright movie in the, in the comic um had a lot of like manga and anime influences. This is produced by an anime studio by Sain Saru who did a Devilman Crybaby and a whole bunch of things like I love the art style of it. The look is so cool. They have like a legit anime opening. Um, I just, I just felt so like at home watching the show because like I was watching classic anime We'd have a ni- nice upbeat opening to kind of welcome you into the world. And um I don't know, it just looks so good. It's so smart how it kind of handles this storyline. If you're a fan of the series, do not do not like shy away from the Netflix thing. It is not just a rehash, it's a remix. And I think in the best of ways, so, you know, shout out to Ben David Grubinsky who spearheaded this whole thing and uh, show ran this thing. Amazing. Amazing they got to get everybody back, especially when there's so many high profile names. Amazing that they're still doing justice to these characters. Um, It's just so good. I freaking
0: love this thing. I'm so glad to hear that, Devendra, because it was was kind of... I was worried. Yeah, it's it's like a weird thing where this movie came out. uh, It's very beloved, including... By folks in this podcast, but the movie um, failed. The movie, but the movie like, yeah, bomb. the movie didn't do very well. I, you know, I think that it has. You know, it has it failed at the box office, but mm-hmm. I think it has stood the test of time. You know, we is love well like, for Netflix. Like that's right. probably why which is more important. Netflix. Which is more yeah. important, ultimately, at the end of the day. Um, and then, so but then now it's coming back in animated form mm-hmm. with the same cast. Edgar Wright's kind of involved, but he's not like running the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so a, a lot of a lot of questions. Jeff Canada, I think you also had a chance to check out some of this show. Right, Scott Pilgrim takes off on Netflix.
1: What you? I'm a little less. I'm a little more lukewarm on it than Devendra. Um I, uh, I I also won't talk about sort of the the thing it does, um, but it uh, I I was I was hoping that the thing it does was going to be more exciting for me, uh, and I, I I don't know it, it's it's cool. There's things about it I like. I certainly love the voice cast. I think it's it, it's fun. I think the animation style is is neat. How they literally just take what, what the comic books were and and mm-hmm. make them move. Uh, that's kind of cool. There's just something about the the pace and the style. I mean, it's it's such an interesting thing because Scott Pilgrim is such a product of its time, mm-hmm. and it, we're not in that time anymore. <laughs> you know, yeah. It is. Uh, it's harder to stomach
2: Scott as a character now.
1: It sure. is so like early two thousands. Like, and it's and it's the cartoon is set then, mm-hmm. right? We have characters getting on very old computers and old know. cell phones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's the only way it would work is setting it then. But even so it's like, man, this is a very outdated concept and I don't know. There's, I, I, I thought it How much was How seen, Jeff? only the first two. Okay. Yeah.
2: Um, I think the concept sells itself more as you go on, but mm. I, I will say this, it is really interesting to see another perspective in the storyline. Like as much as I love Scott Pilgrim, You know he's he's a dirtbag and we're learning how him uh, how he's learning to mature and grow up and step out of like this phase of arrested development this series highlights everybody else in that universe and i think to a great degree and especially ramona flower so to tell those other stories i think it
0: it is totally worthwhile like it is doing some really fascinating stuff later on okay Well, glad you enjoyed it, Devinder Hardwar. Scott Pilgrim Takes Off is the name of the show. It's available right now on Netflix. And that is one thing that Devinder Hardwar has been watching. Let's take a quick break for a sponsor. We'll be back with more and what we've been watching right after this.
1: Just want to jump in here and tell you about our sponsor, StoryWorth. Ah, man, I love StoryWorth. This holiday season, if you want to give a gift to your loved ones that makes them feel special and unique, just like the relationship that you have with them, I humbly suggest giving everyone you care about StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories and stories for years to come. It's a thoughtful and meaningful gift that connects you to those who matter most. Every week, StoryWorth emails your relative or your friend a thought-provoking question of your choice from their vast pool of possible options. Each unique prompt asks questions that you've probably never thought to ask, like, what's the bravest thing you've ever done in your life? Or, if you could see the future, what would you want to find out? And then, after one year, StoryWorth will compile all of your loved one's stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. I did this for both my father and my mother. Uh, One year I did it for Father's Day, one year I did it for Mother's Day, and then the subsequent year, they really loved every single week taking time, getting those emails, answering those prompts with really interesting stuff that I never even knew about. And reading the weekly stories helped me... Connect with my loved ones, my my mom and my dad. I don't live very close to them. I don't get to see them as often as I'd like. But I was able every week to feel a connection because I saw the prompt going out. I saw their response as it came back. They really cared and put a lot of time and energy into this. It felt like a, a way to learn about my parents in a way I would never do if I was just sitting around the table with them. So with StoryWorth, I'm giving those I love most a thoughtful, personal gift from the heart and preserving their memories and stories for years to come. Go to StoryWorth.com slash FilmCast and save $10 on your first purchase. That's StoryWorth.com slash FilmCast to save $10 on your first purchase. All right, folks. I had a chance to go
0: watch a movie called Dream Scenario, but I'm not really going to talk about it today because it's mm-hmm. not out yet. Um, but wow, uh, what a what a just great humble brag! <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just want
0: everyone to know I yeah, uh, it. but I, I have, want you to know it. I saw it. Don't worry, but, everybody. Okay, there's a reason I'm bringing it up. Okay, um, so first of all, I I, I loved the, the Dream Scenario. I thought it was uh-huh. incredible. Um, but I could kind of tell. That I'm probably gonna be in the minority opinion on this movie, and one of the ways there's many ways I could tell that, but one of the ways was I was like kind of hanging outside the theater, writing up my uh, my threads post about uh, Dream Scenario because I'm 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 threading instead of tweeting these days. Right, and You're doing and the, most the, um, yeah. the most important work, yeah, <laughs> most that important one can work, the most important work is my threads, right? Yeah, and so I'm hanging outside the theater, and everyone's like streaming out. And I hear this like couple come out, and they're all like, it's pretty clear they're on a date. And I hear that tone that I've heard so many times before, of it, it, basically what I could tell is like the girl didn't really like the movie that much, and it was clearly the guy's decision to go see the movie. You know what I'm saying? Ah, like you ever you ever explained. That, that Chen scenario? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's the Chen scenario exactly right. <laughs> A chin Virgins. Uh, you know, she's like, yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. You know, like that's kind of what she was saying, and uh, I was like, oh, I think I think people really didn't like this movie as much as me in general. You know, um, so I loved it, and we'll talk more about it later. But uh, Christopher Borgley is the name of the writer director of this movie, and when I posted on Letterboxd and Threads uh, about how I really enjoyed the Dream Scenario, they said, hey, you got to check out uh, Christopher Borgley's last movie, Sick of Myself which is available right now on Paramount plus slash Showtime. It's a Norwegian film. And so I decided to watch it, uh, to talk about it today on the podcast. And I think this movie is also very good. Uh, basically, this guy makes movies that I'm really interested in. He's exploring subjects that I'm really interested in, namely narcissism and fame, um, which are the topics of, <laughs> you know, Dream Scenario and Sick of Myself. These movies, you know, deal with that topic. Um, Sick of Myself is about uh, a couple. Uh, and the guy in the couple is kind of a uh, famous, f- I guess the way to describe him is furniture artist. Like he makes, um, he makes interesting works of art out of furniture. And he, his career is ascendant. Like every, his, his career is doing really well. And so she gets really jealous of his career. She's like, no one's paying attention to me anymore. So she starts taking a drug uh, that causes her to have a severe skin disease, and as you do as, as you, you do. do as you do, yeah. and then basically i don 't show the
1: furniture artist
0: <laughs> well it 's more like she becomes addicted to getting attention um mm. you know, kind of like Munchausen syndrome yeah yeah uh, type deal where you like fake having a disease um like there was one scene early very early on in the film where she 's at a dinner. And she lies about having a nut allergy um, because she just enjoys the fact that people need to accommodate her. Um, and so basically like a nightmare person, a nightmare couple, in my opinion. And the movie kind of explores what happens when someone kind of tries to lie about this and get caught up in it. And like, what motivates a person like that? And... Uh, You know, I I don't think it's quite as good as Dream Scenario for a variety of reasons, but I still really enjoyed it and found it deeply upsetting and unpleasant to watch, uh, which was why it gets a Dave Chen recommend. Uh, So the movie is sick of myself. And yeah, I think it, it does a great job of exploring kind of today's narcissistic media culture and the lengths to which people will go just to get noticed, right? It's kind of a satire. Of uh, of what people will do to themselves and to each other, uh, just to get noticed, just to get a little bit of attention, because that's what the most valuable thing in our society is today is just getting people's attention. So uh, I enjoyed it. Sick of myself. Paramount Plus and Showtime, uh, and you should check that out as well as Dream Scenario when it comes out in theaters in a couple of weeks. Jeff Kanata, tell us something else you've been watching.
1: Well, my, uh, I you know I like mentioning the kids shows that my children are enjoying. I think there's a portion of our audience that appreciates um, when we find a new fun kid show to watch. And Disney plus uh, a few weeks ago debuted a new half an hour animated series called Kiff K I F F Kiff. Uh, And we gave it a shot and it has become uh, the the new hit for the family. Um, It's, this is a, um, a fun wacky animated series about Anthropomorphized animals that also, for some reason, live alongside mythological creatures? I don't understand it. But uh Kif, the titular Kiff, is a squirrel. Uh, a squirrel, so much as I can figure it. A squirrel whose best friend is a rabbit. And they go to school. And uh Kiff is kind of a um a Lisa Simpson-esque overachiever loves school loves doing the good things the, good kind of role model character i think well, you know the, the the jokes come from how much she cares how much she loves things uh, how much she's invested you know it's it's the opposite of a lot of things where you know irony and detachment are mm-hmm. the the joke uh, i like the fact that kiff is uh is loves, loves school and wants to be good. And the jokes come from like the very first episode of Kiff is uh, about how she gets sick and can't go to school one day. And it's all about her trying to convince her parents that she's not sick, hide her sickness just so she can go to school. Cause she really wants to go to school. Um, and I don't know. I, I kind of dig all that stuff. I think that's, that's a, I like the fact that that's not what you see all the time. And I like, I like the, messaging of that anyway uh it is a little more kinetic and short attention span than i would like uh i uh, you know i'm spoiled by bluey this this is the kind of show that makes me appreciate bluey even more is like man bluey is just perfect and mm-hmm, the fact mm-hmm. that it can it doesn't feel the need to be so frenetic and and uh, it just, you know, there's a lot of kids stuff that's just shouting at you all the time. Yeah. yeah. And Kiff is like that. And that would be my biggest knock against it, is that it is very much like we're doing a thing. No, we're doing another thing. Kids, stop. Make sure you're paying attention because we're doing more things. And I like shows that don't feel, you know, that are more confident than that and don't mm-hmm. feel the need to, uh, you know, to rely on that kind of uh, drink from a fire hose level of storytelling. This um, sounds
2: great, Jeff. Like I'm going to check this out. I would recommend one just if you want like the counterbalance of the Lisa Simpson type is if you want a show about a little stinker, <laughs> little, little naughty boy, um, Pingu, which was a thing when I was a kid is apparently big again. Like it's, uh, it's all over TikTok and, uh, episodes are on YouTube. That is a little like stop motion modeled penguin. There's mm. no words in it. It's just like, it's like one dude making noises, but kids get to read their own stories into it because, you, you understand like it, it's like it's like silent movie making basically except there's actual noises and no dialogue so pingu's cool. fun if you want a little stinker pingu all right pingu
1: well i i'm enjoying kiff the kids are enjoying kiff they asked to can we watch a kiff and they uh it is um the new style that i very much appreciate which is uh you know a half an hour episode is made up of two uh 15 minute episodes which so you can go like we're only watching one yep. you know i, I like that Love so it. uh, it's on disney plus and uh we're we're digging it
0: Cool. That's KIF on Disney+. Plus. It's one thing that Jeff Kanava has been watching. the you hardcore, hit us up with something else you've been watching. Oh, sure. I got to see Todd Haynes'
2: new movie, which is out in theaters now. It's going to be on Netflix on December 1st. It's called May December. And this movie is fascinating, guys. And I'm not going to say too much about it here. I, uh, I hope we can do a full review in a couple of weeks yeah, on this we'll, thing. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll
0: plan to do a full review. Like, yeah. that's, that's the current plan, Um but, Davindra, I think it's safe to say this is a movie you, you strongly recommend. I, yes.
2: This movie is fascinating. It is just, it is, I, I can say this. It is sort of a spin, sort of loosely inspired by the Mary Kay Letourneau story. Mm, so the story of a teacher, you know, uh, falling in love with a student, right? And having sex with a student. They had a relationship. They had kids. It is sort of like 30 years after that. What is that couple like? And Julianne Moore plays um, the woman who, you know, had sex with a child. Uh, Charles Melton plays her husband, who, you know, was that 13-year-old at the time. And Natalie Portman plays uh, um, an actor who's researching um, this couple and Julianne Moore's character to play her in in a movie. I think even just a TV movie. So, first of all, a great bunch of actors, especially like Julianne Moore and Natalie. This is... This may be Natalie Portman's best performance that I've seen. And I've loved her in so many things, but she is she is definitely like at the height of her powers here. And this movie, even though it's about such a sticky subject, it is funny, it is sweet, it is very, very campy at times. And it's funny to see Todd Haynes lean into the camp. Like even as this movie starts, the opening credits are just like bombastic music. Um, uh, the Julianne Moore almost cries at one point, uh, because she doesn't have enough hot dogs for their barbecue. It's very, it's very, the tone of it is so sticky and so weird, but really it's about this relationship. So I want to talk about this with you all. Um, I think it's fantastic. I also want to shout out, I didn't realize it's going to this movie, but it is set in one of my favorite places. It is, um, It's set in Savannah, Georgia, and a large chunk of it takes place in Tybee Island, which is where I spend, you know, a week during the summer when I can. So all these spots felt very familiar to me, too. Like the vibe of that area is captured really well in this of like, you know, a beautiful coastal city in a cute little beach town. This movie has so much going on. I think it's so fascinating. So yeah, I'm looking forward to doing a long chat about this. You can watch it in theaters now, uh, and it'll be on Netflix on December 1st.
0: Awesome. The movie's made December, you know, Todd Haynes has been pretty hit or miss for me. I gotta say, uh, I loved, he's Carol. interesting. Yeah. Carol, the 2015 movie that was amazing. Didn't ha- wasn't a huge fan of dark waters, you know, like that was, that was uh, good. And wonderstruck is a really cute, like really sweet movie.
2: You yeah. know, he, he just, he takes like, I'm not there. Right. Like he makes really interesting yeah, swings. Yeah.
0: He's always doing interesting stuff. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. give him that for sure. Um, and he,
2: uh, I mean, uh, similar to maybe sick of myself. It's very much, um, interested in the idea of like celebrity, right. Mm, and notor- yeah, and notoriety yeah. and things like that and how yeah. that affects people in their lives. So there's so much going on in this movie.
0: So yeah, it'll be a good chat. That's May, December out in theaters right now. I had a chance to watch the insurrectionist next door. This is a documentary that is streaming right now on Max, the one to watch for HBO. And it was made by Alexandra Pelosi, uh, the daughter of Nancy Pelosi. And uh, (laughs) I I have to say, this is, uh, you know, the the premise of this movie is really interesting, right? Essentially, what happens in this documentary is Alexandra Pelosi, daughter of Nancy Pelosi, goes and interviews a bunch of people who were in the January 6th insurrection, like they stormed the Capitol. They're in oh, the, man. the actual room where it happens, you know, like uh, the halls of power. And so she goes and interviews them kind of as they are uh, about to be tried for their crimes. Some of them go to jail. She interviews them after they get out of jail. Um, and that's like an interesting idea. It's like, Oh, these people, who you know at one point in a mob form called for the hanging of you know or the killing of uh, of Nancy Pelosi. Uh-huh. Uh, her daughter is now going to interview them. And, people and with this
2: mindset attacked her father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the so, thing that is has we we have still not fully reckoned with.
1: But yeah, I agree. Okay.
0: I agree. It's, it's so it,
2: no, wow. no, no, no,
1: no. We we make fun of that in yeah. front of huge crowds of cheering, laughing people. Mm. That's what we do. We make that's fun our society of that right now. Yeah.
0: Mm. Um. And uh. So really interesting premise and really kind of bold, you know, to kind of want to confront these people and and potentially give them some humanity, which I think this documentary does do. Uh, so I, I give it a lot of points, a lot of credit for all that stuff I just said. All that said, this is one of the, I think, worst documentaries I've ever seen in my Ouch. entire life. <laughs> um, I think it's. It's really poorly made. It's just... uh, Alexandra Pelosi, I don't think, is a good interviewer. Um, So, the way I would describe this documentary is, what? The movie. (laughs) (laughs) What? The movie. Because, essentially, she goes to these people, and and, um, a lot of these people go to jail because of their involvement in January 6th, right? And... Then they get out of jail, and she talks to them, and she she basically asks them, "Hey, do you, so do you still support Donald Trump?" And of course, the answer is yes. Like, you know, well, what have and, they learned? Yeah. And she, but she's shocked. She's like, "What? How, what? What?" Like, and it's like, really, you don't think um, being punished for something that you believe in might further entrench that belief? It's like she's never met a normal human being before. Basically, uh, like she doesn't know what yeah. normal human emotion and she she kind of like badgers her subjects. You know, she's like really you still you still believe in this you know like you, you still support Donald Trump even after he sent you to jail really you know and then imagine that playing the best, out
1: I gotta say though <laughs> the best interview question is really <laughs> Listen, really it, it needs to be it
2: needs to be deployed in some instances. Okay, when people say stupid shit. so I you, have can't, quick, you can't
0: lean on
1: it. you know I have a quick follow-up question. Really
0: <laughs> Separate auxiliary question. huh? Oh, yeah <laughs> um, so imagine that playing out multiple times like she's having the same co- there's no <laughs> inri- the- <laughs> Honestly, this sounds like a Earth sketch. That's it, what it sounds like. To be honest, it, it, so it basically it, it, there is there is no artistry to how it presents these people. It's like case number seventeen oh three, like you know James Higgins, and then it will then have a <laughs> of a ten minutes section of the film is about James Higgins and yeah. Alexandra Pelosi badgering him, and then and then another screen will pop up like you know the, you know uh, David Dobler versus the state of Maryland, and then then it's like an interview with David Dobler, like. It's literally just a series of <laughs> Alexandra Pelosi following these people around and hounding them, and you know they have they, they have like a good, um, they're much more patient with her questions than I would be. Let me put it that way. Like she, they're very like game for the documentary. They like seem to like be on board with the documentary. Yeah, but, they want the publicity. That's, yeah, they this want the is that's a right. known thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But it's the most of the movie. Is, but the, the, that's the thing, as you said, Grove, If she just did that once. That could be like impactful even. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's that uh, every single interview subject is like, what? What? You know, um, yeah. So okay. anyway, uh I was not a fan of the insurrectionist next door on Max the One to Watch for HBO. And it's a shame because the premise is really incredible. And I, I support what she's trying to do, but it, it actually really I, I'm the reason I bring it up, I usually don't like to just bring up movies just mm-hmm, not, that, that mm-hmm. like very few people will watch anyway because it's a documentary on max the one to watch for hbo no this is a public service warning right but that's, that's right the thing now. is yeah. in this case it actually like reconfigured what i think is possible to appear on max the one to watch for hbo <laughs> like it, i was like oh you, like, i could make something yeah like i like, i i could i'm capable of this like i could use something like <laughs> well this. so really? anyway are you the <laughs> son of a yeah yeah uh, were you born no. into
2: political royalty <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> no. yeah well now now i know how the world of media is unjust jeff could mm-hmm. uh, oh now and, you know and that and that in itself is a public service okay anyway that's the insurrectionist next door uh and that's one other thing i've been watching this week let's take a quick break for another sponsor we'll be back with more right after this all right davinder hardware you and i both had a chance to check out something this week yes um a murder the at new, the end of the world. The new series by oh. Britt Marling and Zal Batmanglij, who mm-hmm. is the—they were the creators of the OA. We
2: will, uh, we will forgive them for that. I've, movement, yeah. I've had
1: no more "I love yous" in my head all week. Oh man, yeah. I can't great. stop He's singing the it.
2: So show your great, heart guys.
0: Art. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of Murder at the End of the World on Hulu uh, slash FX?
2: I will say this: I do think. Um, I, you know, listeners, longtime listeners of the show, may remember us talking about the OA season one. Just how how pissed off the end of that first season made me. Like, <laughs> it really would take a lot for me to go back to Britt Marling. Join and people have told me like, oh yeah, season two got better. I think was there a season three? Um, I, I heard no, the fa- OA got...
0: famously there was there was uh, not. if There's I was not? Okay. correctly, yeah.
2: Um, but okay, it, it,
0: it left on a cliffhanger. That's a, it's something that really angered a lot of people.
2: Britt Marling uh, so. is back okay but the premise of the show i i think is is genuinely fascinating and i'm loving it so far it is sort of like if you combine girl with a dragon tattoo and mr robot yeah it is yeah very much those two vibes because it's about a young girl with
1: the mr robot tattoo well mm. she
2: also has a tattoo spoilers um <laughs> but it's about a girl named Darby Hart, who is a novelist and like amateur uh, investigator, sleuth. They call her a Gen Z investigator, Um, played by Emma Corrin, who also played young Diane in The Crown. So that's That's why that face seems very familiar to me. Um, She is an investigator who gets invited to this compound run by a tech billionaire played by Clive Owen. And as soon as I heard that premise, I was like, Clive Owen? Okay. I am... Clive Owen playing a tech there Okay, I'm back. And um, a great, great cast, including um, Alicia Braga, who I love seeing in everything. And and Britt Marling's in this too. She has to always be in her shows. Um, as, as they say in the title, a murder occurs. And this is sort of like a mystery of what's happening there. But I think Britt Darby as a character, uh, Darby Dar- Hart. Darby Hart. Hart. Yep. Yeah. Darby Hart as a character is really fascinating. I think the mis- like what is driving her cuz we're introduced to like an investigation she did with her friend that um was really formative for her. Um I think what's driving her the injustice of um unsolved murders which mostly involve women in in America and I'm sure worldwide honestly. Um I find that really really compelling and I'm I didn't finish this, uh, episode two yet, but I am just like so fully on board with the vibe and the aesthetic. Um, yeah, there, there is a section um, early on where they sing No More I Love You in the Car, you know, uh, Darby Hart and her friend. And it's just one of those like sweet things. Like, normally I feel like a show or a movie kind of has to like get you to this point where you love hanging out with these characters and just like chilling out and spending time. But it's just such a sweet moment.
1: It's It's incredible. It's a great song. It's a great song that I have not thought about. It makes you hear the song in a new way. Yes, and the fact that they sit there for that long, Mm -hmm. just having them, we just—it's just a scene with almost the entire I think it is the entire length of the song. Yes. And they sing much, the whole yeah. thing and it's it's one of the most amazing scenes I've seen in anything this year. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love It's just two people in a car. Just two people in a car singing, singing the song. this old song and you and you hear it in a new way and mm-hmm. They love it, and, and I'm like, oh my god, Annie Lennox is a genius.
2: So good. I do think this is part of the Brit Marling magic, too. Like, I've always loved her. I loved Another Earth. Um, what was it? Sound of My Voice was the, was the other one she did. Really oh, nice. lo-fi, high-concept stuff. And there are some of that here, except this has a bigger budget, I think, than most of her other projects. Um, I just love it. I, I, I love everything going on here. I love the mystery. I love the vibe of it. I have no idea what Clive Owen is doing, but he looks sinister. And I can't trust him. Um, I love the cast of people around them, but what, what do you guys think of the show?
0: Yeah, Je- Jeff, uh, so- sounds like you really enjoyed the first two episodes of A Murder at the End of the World as well,
1: right? I have not uh, watched enough to uh, uh, weigh in. I, I my wife forced me to turn it off uh, because she was getting too creeped out. <laughs> she said no oh, more. Wow. Comma, yeah, we watch. We love watched, we loved the no. We love the no more I love you scene, uh, and then like before the end of the first episode, it's very creepy. I. Yeah. She's like, I can't watch this tonight. I'm sorry, I can't watch this. We're. I'm getting too creeped mm-hmm. out. So Mm -hmm. I'm very much looking forward to returning to it and finishing the first two episodes, but haven't had a chance to yet. So that's why I didn't put it on my, what I've been watching list, but I did want to comment on that scene just because of how Mm -hmm. amazing I thought it was. Good vibes.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I thought it was very solid. Divindra. I, it's a close circle mystery, right? So presumably, Mm -hmm. you know uh, it, it takes place at the end of the world. There's a limited number of people that it could be. And, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how it uh, how it resolves. The Darby Hart character is interesting. She has an uh, interesting background. Yeah. Uh, her father was uh, it, it, like a forensics expert, and so therefore she has all this knowledge of she human grew anatomy. She up around it all, yeah. yeah, and how Which is like a kind of novel take on this whole thing, and. Um, I was uh talking about this with our last week's guest, uh Jesse Earl, on um on decoding TV. We talked about this the, the first two episodes, and uh Jesse speculated that this show, A Murder at the End of the World, was mysteriously delayed from August of uh 2023 to November of 2023. Like we we were originally gonna see this show come out a few months ago. And we speculated as to why it might have been delayed, and one of the reasons, mm-hmm. Devendra, is that uh, AI is a massive part of the plot of this show. Yes, and it is spoken of in very, very positive terms. I'll, I'll just leave it at that without without going into detail. <laughs> After this um, weekend, I don't
2: know <laughs> yet where we are with
0: it. Yeah. Right, right. Well, but but I'm saying like it would have been really bad to have uh this show that kind of extols the creative benefits of ai i think mm-hmm. come out during the writer strike um i can see uh, that which yeah. i thought was interesting i thought was
2: interesting it so, stop yeah. Mission Impossible, but you know
0: <laughs> yeah it's not a f- shaping u.s uh policy or anything like that <laughs> um yeah but i i think it's very sol- like it's it's a, the 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 cast is awesome Joan mystery- chen is in this Joan chen from twin peaks yes? yeah yeah which is like a great you know uh, similar vibes. Similar, similar vibe. vibes. Like
2: they—they—they they, they know exactly what they're doing yeah, with the, with so. putting this all together. So
0: my yeah. biggest thing that I'm a fan of is the fact that it is eight episodes long, and so yes. I think there's not going to be a season two, presumably. And by the end, we're going to have some resolution. Which I have found to be wanting, you know. I think the OA ended on a cliffhanger. I think the sound of my voice also ended similarly on a cliffhanger, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, I just want a, to see what their an ending Listen, to this kind of story looks like.
2: It can, it can be uh, done well. I think Another Earth ended on a pretty damn banger of a cliffhanger. Of just uh, yeah, like that—that oh, yeah. that was like interesting. I, you know, so. I, I,
0: I would not describe that as a cliffhanger. It does. It's a very open-ended ending. Yes, I would say that, yes, so. yes. And I actually like that movie, even though I a love lot that people, movie. Yeah, I so. love that movie. Yeah. Anyway. Um, that's a murder at the end of the world. It's streaming right now on Hulu slash FX. You know what I've just realized, guys? Mm. Is so many of these streaming services have two names now, like because it's multiple services within each other now. Yeah, Paramount plus slash Showtime and Uh Hulu slash FX, and of course, Max the one to watch for HBO. Um. Mm -hmm. So anyway. Uh, a murder at the end of the world. you and I are enjoying Very it. Good. The first two episodes are live. Uh, I can't wait and, for yeah.
1: the when we get to the the third layer of the turducken. <laughs> you know, eventually when the, as they consume when each Paramount other. Paramount plus you know? and uh, Showtime
0: yeah. and Hulu and FX all merge into yeah, one. Yeah, so I'm entity. watching
1: Paramount plus Hulu, the one to watch for HBO. <laughs> pa-
0: Paramount plus Max, the one to watch for HBO. Okay, mm. right. uh, terrible. All right, Max uh, cock the surface. Yeah, <laughs> Max yeah, yeah cock. still still waiting on Max cock. Yeah. Um, all right. I had a chance to watch The Crown season six, episodes one through four. And uh, these episodes cover the final days of Princess Diana. And I have watched every single episode of The Crown. And uh, The Crown season five uh, was not great, in my opinion. It was a pretty disappointing season. Devinder, you pointed out that Emma Corrin Mm -hmm. uh, portrayed Princess Diana in season four of The Crown. That was an amazing season of television. Uh, and Emma Corrin's depiction of Princess Diana was like really memorable and uh, gave a lot of humanity um, to that character while also illustrating how the, mo- the present day monarchy would come to be defined by how Princess Diana was treated. Um, so that was amazing. Then season five came along. They replaced Princess Diana with Elizabeth Debicki, who is a very capable actor. But the writing was just so off for most of season five. Like the character that we saw of Princess Diana in season four was pretty much unrecognizable in season five. Both the Queen and Princess Diana felt very underserved by season five. The one who gets the most uh, attention and benefit of the doubt is uh, Charles, who, you know, not, not a lot of people are fans of. So, see, season five was a big disappointment. Enter The Crown Season 6, which I was not super psyched about because of how bad Season 5 was. And I have to say that the first four episodes of The Crown Season 6 are excellent. I think the show is back. I think it is running, uh, firing on all cylinders. And I think that this is a series of episodes that I honestly think if you are interested in the Princess Diana saga... Um, You can just watch these four episodes. Nothing else. You don't need to watch any other episodes of The Crown. You can just watch these four episodes, and it is its own arc, Uh, its its own four-hour arc that is very powerful and very well done. Now, I think that The Crown, by its very nature, is a piece of media that exploits the people in the royal family. Um, Mm -hmm. They don't have any say over what goes to The Crown. Uh, Often, The Crown makes shit up, and you know, they they don't have any they can't it's their policy to not respond to anything that happens in the crown. So they kind of just often they they take a metaphorical beating by what happens to the crown and uh and they have to just take it, you know, because they're the royal family. Uh and so that that is a that is just kind of in the background. At the same time, uh the crown is very clear that the out of control tabloid culture of back in the day is what led to the death of princess Diana. And it makes the media out to be very terrible and uh, predatorial and uh, rightfully so. So uh, the, the the other thing I'll mention about the crown season six is that it makes these characters, uh, it gives these characters a lot of humanity in the events leading up to their tragic passing, and I think that's notable and worthwhile. So, uh, yeah, The Crown season six, it is worth checking out, even if you if if you haven't watched any other episodes of The Crown. Now, Dvindra, I know you've watched some episodes of The Crown, and you fell off this show, right? Um, where are you with The Crown, Dvindra I'm, I mean, it was like season three or four, yeah. where I was like,
2: yeah. no more, please stop. <laughs> I've had enough of the crown. Um I may yeah, check out fair. bits here and there. Yeah. Um, well, if you want to get just, back into it, yeah. this
0: is a this is a great like reentry back into it. I may check I it thinking, out, but I'm also yeah.
2: like I don't I'm not super interested in like reliving that whole period yeah, of the war too.
0: Yeah. That's fair. It, it's it is it is wild like just the the sequence of events that took place and the, it, it is for many people it is one of the defining events of their lifetime. This, you know, mm-hmm. Princess Diana's passing. Um so Uh, This is the show's take on that. And I think it's worth noting the crown season six streaming right now on Netflix. All right. Uh, Divindra, you have one last thing to mention. Yeah. Yeah, Quickly. I want to shout out uh, the
2: crown season, uh, the the crown season four Um, (laughs) for all mankind season four is out. Um, I've been checking out the first couple episodes with my wife and uh, just want to check in and say like, yes, this show continues to be good and very interesting. Like it is wild how far we've come in the show. Like that, not really spoilers, but we are in the early 2000s now. This show is known for time jumps and big time jumps. Um, the downside of thats that is that you're focusing on many of the same characters. So we have started in uh, 1969 or like early 70s, uh, right, after, um, yeah, right after a moon landing. And um, we are now many, many decades ahead with the same characters. And you have people like Joel Kinnaman um, still in the same roles with so so old age makeup so that stuff not so good but i do think the world it's building there's a lot of like um i don't know if it's liberal wish fulfillment but certainly wish fulfillment of like different ways the world could have gone right uh bush versus gore would have been would have been sure would have been interesting if gore won but also the whole premise of the show is that if america had pushed uh harder on the space race to um, you know, not just uh, land on the moon, but keep going to the moon and build a base on the moon, and uh, yada yada yada. We have come along with these with these characters, and I think it's just fascinating to see like how far the show is going. If they keep doing this, I don't know if they've done a reset. Um, I do know the original creator Ronald D. Moore, who did the Battlestar Galactica remake, uh, is not he's not like writing anymore. He's not like fully involved. He's sure running another thing now. Um, but if they do keep going. I do feel like they got it. they have to do like a fifty year time jump at some point a fifty or or one hundred year time jump and give us a new cast of characters or something. but so far, I'm fully on board. I'm just waiting for like the inevitable there's always like one character, one plot line that is incredibly stupid <laughs> that is pure soap yeah. opera. i hate and when i'm that waiting happens. for that shoe to drop so, i hate when yeah. that happens
0: this is my biggest yeah show they can't hole. Help themselves this is my biggest show hole right now is like oh like i really wanted to cover this like uh for all mankind for decoding mm-hmm. and you know but it's just like i could not it's i'm so behind i'm like 30 hours behind and it's just, wait where are you in the show. I haven't, haven't started,
1: started it. Yeah, he hasn't I started it. What? I, I thought yeah. we had a conversation about this. Okay. No, you and I had a conversation. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah, Jeff, where, where are you in the show?
0: Yeah.
2: How, how
1: far, I'm how halfway you? through season three. I, I mm. fell off season three mm-hmm. and I keep meaning to get back to it. It is
2: worth finishing season three. Yeah. That is well, a hell that's of that's how it energy. always is. This yeah.
1: show, yeah. first of all, I have a really good friend who's a series regular. In yes. It. Yeah. And great work. The 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 show, the entire idea of the show was always, what if a sci-fi show But we start, we motivate it from real life. Like Mm -hmm. we see Mm -hmm. the, you know, Star Trek, you start, you you start with like, there's a galactic federation of planets and we have, you know, it's like, well, how do we get there? And the idea here was like, we're going to get to Star Trek ish 10 years at a time. Yeah. But we're going to (laughs) see how, like, how do we get there? Well, the first thing is America doesn't get to the moon first. Mm -hmm. And then from there, like everything changes. And I think that idea is so rad. It's so rad, but you're right. Some of the, some of the way we get, there's a little clunky. You're right. There's always a little kind of a goofy uh, subplot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it is also a show that is a real slow burn. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I yeah. think season one and season two, and it sounds like from DaVinci's description, season three, uh, season one, and season two certainly have amazing finales. Like the last two or three episodes, of the season is like bangers, but my goodness, is it a slow burn to get there? And it, it, I feel for you, Dave, and that like, oh, yeah, this so is what's behind. so intimidating. This is what's so intimidating about it the is, show is like, it yeah. is a show that requires a lot of patience. Yeah, I don't, think. I, don't I did not feel like mm-hmm. the first like six or eight episodes of each season were each thrilling in and of themselves i mean three
2: starts with like a big thing happening so at least three at the beginning of three is awesome
1: yeah um Mm -hmm. and three is the first season where like we are in science fiction Mm -hmm. you know uh, which (laughs) is a space hotel right um but season one and one and two i feel like they really pay off but you have to have some patience and i I am very, mm-hmm. uh, very much intending to finish season three and start on season four. Now that season four, it's here. very, it's
2: very novelistic, right? Like a yeah. good big book will right. take you time, and
1: that's what the show is. You're absolutely right, Davindra. That at like midway through season three, I was like, I kind of wish we were with new people. You know, like <laughs> we get a we get a reset. The idea point. that yeah. we've been with these people for 30, 40 years is it's cool in one sense, but in another sense, it's like. ah. Let's, uh, I, I wanna, of, it's Strange Credulity. I wish my that, show
0: would see, I wish my show would see other people
1: basically. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's Strange Credulity a bit that the same six people are super involved. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> They're like actively running the world and yeah. doing things. That, mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, but it's an awesome idea. And I think, I think it's a, it takes huge swings and mm-hmm. really is trying for something cool. And I, and I, I give it a lot of credit for that. I think the show
2: maybe it, it certainly when Joel Kinnaman is actually like 70 years old he will still be a stone cold fox <laughs> like yeah, yeah.
0: yeah All right well that's for all mankind season 4 it's streaming right now on Apple TV plus Plus. and yeah Jeff I'm um, I'm just like I need to find I need to be in the right headspace to like steal myself to you yeah, know yeah. get to power through but these I I um, honestly
1: think You will get to the end of season one and be like, "Oh, I'm so glad I did this!" Mm -hmm. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Uh, And season two the same way. Season two's finale is incredible. It's a wonderful journey. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, that's for all mankind. Season four it is streaming right now on Apple TV Plus. We're going to take one final break for a sponsor. We'll be back with more and our review of The Killer right after this. All right, folks, let's do a few weekly plugs. (laughs) Weekly Plugs is part of a show each week where we plug something else we've been making uh, over at my free newsletter, Decoding Everything, at decodingeverything.com. Trying to write about uh, a bunch of events that are happening in the world of movies, television, uh, tech, and the media. Uh, Recently, I wrote about the Marvels and why Hmm. I think that movie didn't do very well at the box office. You can check that out at decodingeverything.com. I don't know if you guys saw, by the way, uh, but the second weekend drop of the Marvels was horrible brutal catastrophic yeah. unbelievable um, it was that's, that's actually
1: hard for mm-hmm. me to believe honestly like yeah. mm-hmm. it's not a bad movie at all it's, a, it's right a and my fear way. is that
2: the studio's lesson will be like oh well we sh- we don't need diverse movies like this like yeah. clearly they do bad right yeah. when it's like the full weight of all the bad decisions you've made for the past couple of years folks
1: coming to roost well yeah. if you 100 agree with what you just if mentioned. you yeah. anyway, go read ahead. any of uh, our friend joanna robinson and mm-hmm. dave gonzalez's amazing mcu book good book There's a lot in there that is revealing of just how reluctant the powers that be Mm -hmm. were to even have any female helmed Marvel movies. I
2: think we can tell. Yeah.
1: And it's like, man, this is just, just gives them ammunition for that fight. And it makes me Because you treat
2: it badly for so
0: long and then it does badly. And it's like, oh, okay. Indeed. Uh, So- it's it's really unfortunate. I agree with you guys. The movie is not that bad. Like there it's are good. there it's are not worse. Bad at all. There it's are fun. worse. There are worse Marvel films that have done way way better than yeah. the Marvels, right? And uh, but it is shocking, like how how badly it's done. It had the worst second weekend drop. It's nine million
1: dollars. It's, it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, made less than nine million dollars. It's going to make less in its entire run um, than probably the first film made in two days uh mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah then captain marvel made it in its first like two days so it's really catastrophic yeah it's it's uh upsetting and it shows that the laws of gravity uh do apply to
1: uh the mcu as well but pedro pascal is <laughs> gonna play Reed Richards. so
2: i mean i hope so I'm pretty excited about uh, that. yeah chief daddy
0: I I think that is going to be the next kind of testing point. Yes. Uh, it, yes. It, well, that's a like f- I, long way off. It's a long Just, way off. I think I think they have a real chance. You know, Deadpool. We'll see how Deadpool does. It's probably going to do. Folks, well. Folks, we all know but, it's all about the X Men. Yeah.
2: The X Men will save us once
0: again. I don't
2: they don't know. have been I think extremely careful. Yeah. They have
0: been extremely careful about making X Men into like major characters in movies so far. Yes. But, yes. But uh, I think that. Um, Fantastic Four is going to offer them an opportunity to really have like a genre defining, cultural defining moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Play this tape of me back again in two years or three. I maybe hope three you're years. right, man. Mm-hmm. I
1: I I love the Fantastic Four so much, and I am rooting for a film version to not be terrible. Yeah, in yeah. In my lifetime, yeah. <laughs> I mean,
2: the the part of the key to getting us there is though making us miss this stuff. Yeah, a little bit. Well, I think we yeah, will right? next
0: year when there's one MCU film in theaters next year. I mean, that. Okay, that is good. the fewest MCU films they've been in theaters since I think the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. When Iron Man and Incredible Hulk came out in one year. I mean, it, it's going to be a real break. Uh, so anyway, uh, check out my newsletter. I read about topics like this all the time at decodingeverything.com. Devinder Hardware, hit us up with a weekly plug from you.
2: Oh, sure. I want to point you all to uh, the latest episode of This Week in Tech, number 954. Um, I got to host the show while uh, Leo Laporte is off in Las Vegas. He was doing the Vegas Grand Prix thing, which that whole thing looks cool. Um, but yeah, we I had a great chat with uh, Paris Martineau, Alex Lindsay, and Anthony Ha. Um, we talked about the open AI, everything happening around that, like Sam Altman getting fired from open AI, all this stuff. And rehired, been over the weekend rehired by microsoft microsoft it's a whole thing like this is a aaron sorkin script happened between (laughs) friday afternoon (laughs) and monday morning and i was following a bunch of it um you know we we started this episode uh sunday night at 5 15 p.m eastern we saw the news that uh, there was an 8 p.m. deadline for Sam Altman <laughs> and the board to, like, make a decision. And we we're like, okay, I guess we know what our job is here tonight, folks. And we went for three hours. Um, and then by the end, we were, like, very much uh, checking in and seeing if we could break any news right at the end. And no, yeah. no nothing much happened until, like, much
0: later at night. Yeah, but like this was a really good episode. Yeah. Ver- yeah. Very cool that you got to host it. I also think, uh, I got to say, my my former boss, Satya Nadella, really mm-hmm. proved himself in this enterprise. Like he I could, he again,
2: in. I want to see the Aaron Sorkin script. Tatiana yeah. re- reacting to this news in real time. and, A man who never gets angry.
0: Like he is up, he is up there now. Like this is this is one of the greatest. He he. There you know there. People are looking at it as though it's like Mm -hmm. an acquisition almost because he's basically acquiring another coup for him. Right. It's like a huge coup, and I got admire. I got admired. I think it's like really well done. He clearly
1: learned a lot by working with you, Dave.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He really rubbed off on him. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um. Yeah, me- meaning uh, value talent and give them what they want. I agree, yeah. Jeff Kanata. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah. check out This Week in Tech, and congrats it's a, it's on this a, a great episode. episode. Yeah, thank cool. you. Thank yeah. you. Um, I will say,
2: we will also look back at this and see, like, was this a great decision by Satya Nadella? Because <laughs> I have been in the room following all this yeah. Microsoft stuff. And let me tell you guys, when I ask Microsoft executives about the AI stuff and be like, I, this stuff is not fully accurate, guys. Like, mm. is, is it okay to bring this to people? And Microsoft people keep telling me like we think users will will understand that this thing can make mistakes. And my response is <laughs> I, don't you know know I don't know about that. I don't think
1: that's how computers should work. <laughs> We've yeah. been giving them blue screens of death for decades. What people are else? used to this. They're um, used to it just completely failing. We'll see,
0: we'll see folks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that is completely fair. That is completely fair. Uh, my, I, I think my, computers should work. You know, all, all yeah. my statement, <laughs> all crazy. my statements were assuming crazy. that all my statements were assuming that AI actually becomes like a useful tool. Um, so anyway, that's this week in tech. Uh, check out the Vinger's Weekly plug. Uh, Jeff Kanata, what's your weekly plug this week?
1: Well, I'm doing something different this year, you guys. Mm. Um, um, for quite a long time. I have gotten emails, social media posts, people reaching out to me and saying, "Hey, do you have a recommendation for this?" or "Hey, what are the what do you use for that?" or "Hey, uh, do you, I have some board games." Well, uh, you know, they're asking me for advice and getting stuff, and I often have very poor uh, responses. In that, it's very time consuming to do that on a person by person basis. I often just refer people, "Hey, go back and listen to that podcast where I said that." Listen so, to a podcast, one of the least efi- efficient ways of yes. conveying information possible. Exactly. So this year I'm trying to rectify that. And and by me, I'm, I mean my wife because <laughs> my wife is currently uh, out of work. And so she was like, you know what? I'm going to do this for you, which is the best way for me to get things done. Oh, Other people it, doing it, it for yes. me. Uh, so my wife put together an Amazon storefront for me that I have peopled with my favorite stuff. Nice. Uh, Amazon.com slash shop slash Jeff canada. You can go and check out uh, curated items. I'm trying to do this in time for the holidays. So that if you're trying to get gifts or you want to buying ideas and um, it's all kinds of stuff. So like I have all the components I use for my computer. I have all the components I use for podcasting on there in different categories. I have, um, Uh, gift ideas for kids like what my kids have loved the the stuff that my wife and I have found to be effective uh, games for my kids toys for my kids books for my kids I have um, like outdoor stuff that we've loved I have uh, cooking stuff like all different categories that uh, my wife helped me put together like I even have a whole section that she put together of like stuff my wife likes Um, so I think it'd be a cool resource for people to check out if, if you're at all curious about the things that I like that have been useful for me and my family. If you're looking for cool gift ideas for friends, Hey, check it out. Amazon.com slash shop slash Jeff Canada.
0: And I assume you make uh, some amount of money if people buy through these links, right, Jeff?
1: Yeah, whatever the affiliate link thing is, mm-hmm. I do get a percentage of the of the proceeds, and I would be grateful if folks would buy things through through these links so that I do uh, get some benefit from it. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm glad you added
2: the Tesla Model X
1: here, Jeff. So. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Can you buy that through Amazon? Well, you can I, buy I, the noticing, next year, you I'm will, noticing yeah.
2: a
0: 100 million dollar bill
2: here. <laughs> like, what's up with that? I don't know why anyone would even
0: need that. That's weird. It's been very useful for my family. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, well, that's very cool, Jeff. You know, this is so cool. I might steal this idea. This is very cool. Steal um, it. Yeah. Amazon.com slash uh, Amazon.com slash shop slash Jeff Canada. Uh yeah, really cool page, really cool layout. Um, check it out, folks. Yeah, it's
1: it's really easy to set up, and like I said, I've just I I think it's going to evolve. Like I'll keep adding new things to it. Um, and all these categories. And if folks have categories that they want me to weigh in on that I haven't thought of, let me know. Like I I have you know board games for game night. I have board games like complicated board Mm. games, kids Mm -hmm. board games. Like board games are a thing that I get asked about a lot. But I also have like sensory processing stuff for my daughter my daughter has you know spe- mm. sensory processing issues so like if you have kids that have that kind of thing i have a whole section for sensory processing things things that my wife and i have you know uh tried the uh trial and error of finding stuff that works like here's yeah. the stuff only the stuff that works and so you know the, this is some, some personal family stuff here that's I, I don't know. I think this will be useful for folks and I, I yeah. hope people take advantage of it.
0: I love this idea. I love this, idea, you know, cause we all, the three of us get asked a lot for our recommendations on things. Yeah. So I think this is a cool tool. Um, very good stuff, Jeff. Uh, all right. Those are our weekly plugs. Of course, I want to throw out a plug for patreon.com slash film podcast, which is how you can support this podcast and help to keep it going. Of course, we never want anyone to donate to the podcast. If it in any way causes you financial hardship, you can always support us for free by leaving a star rating for us on Apple Podcasts or sharing about the podcast wherever you get it. It is greatly appreciated. All right, let's get to our review of The Killer.
1: Stick to your plan. Trust no one.
0: Stick to the plan. Be. Stick to the plan. Anticipate. Don't improvise. Welcome to the film cast review of The Killer, the new David Fincher film streaming right now on Netflix. I'm going to read the plot summary of this movie from IMDb, and I do want to acknowledge that this plot summary does give away the premise. Of the movie, but it doesn't. Some of the stuff doesn't happen until twenty, thirty minutes yeah. in. But it's the premise. Something of the goes movie, bad so. for a hitman in, <laughs> in a movie. Yeah. So here is what happens in the killer, according to IMDb quote: After a fateful near miss, an assassin battles his employers and himself on an international manhunt. He insists isn't personal. Wow, quote. that's a very specific <laughs> summary. Yeah, that's that is the summary for uh, the killer. Now, uh, Jeff Canada. You had a question before we started. This is like arguably the most important topic when it comes to this film. Indeed, is uh, when you look at the poster for the killer, uh, you said, "What's going on with the the logo of this movie? It looks like some letters are missing, right?"
1: And that makes me sound real dumb, but yeah, I kind of said it like that.
0: No, no, no. But that's uh, first of all, that's my that was my initial (laughs) reaction too. Okay, I'm not. I wasn't trying to say you're you're, you don't know what's going on. Like what? what ki- that and then I said, word isn't all there and then i said what kind of moron <laughs> would ask a question like that <laughs> and then jeff said this kind of moron the kind that would give you a hard time about the killer poster right before we're about to begin the review <laughs> and it kind of went on like that for another 15 minutes yeah, um, yeah. but uh okay so i was very confused as well by what's going on in this poster but uh essentially uh the the killer, if you look at the poster, uh what is happening is the eye character is a guy and the killer has shot the guy and the eye has fallen over on itself.
2: Oh now I get it. Okay. Oh, that's, that's it looked cute. like
1: underscore underscore. Yeah, it looked like a, yeah. a Morse code yeah. or something like that. But it's a little uh, too cute graphic design. The eye that's is a guy, too, cute. Just, yeah. too cute.
0: David Fincher, David Fincher is I don't know that he came up with this idea, but he is meticulously involved (laughs) with every aspect of his film's marketing. Uh And he either came up with it or he approved it. And I just love the idea of David Fincher, the guy who has directed some of the most violent sequences ever (laughs) known to man, was like, let's make the eye a little guy that falls over, huh? There's that story
2: about James Cameron just adding the dollar sign to aliens. And everyone's like, oh, I get that.
1: (laughs) This one, he, the eye's a little guy, everybody. It's yeah, guy, changing, a changing, What are you talking about? The, yeah. the eye, the line part of the eye is bisected. Yes. So it mm-hmm, looks to yes. me, I, I'm just glancing at the, at the poster, the I'm not <laughs> studying it, as Dave <laughs> evidently yeah. has. Still um, halves of a guy. It yeah. looked to me yeah. like K <laughs> underscore underscore period L-L-E-R.
0: Um, I like how you tried to, like, dig at me for actually <laughs> knowing what this the poster, poster is Dave trying to do. cares about <laughs> accuracy and <laughs> facts. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I will admit it's a little bit confusing. I think a lot of people have the same reaction. So um, it's
1: unfortunate because honestly, I think that's a more interesting. F- the fact that there is already a movie called The Killer that we all love, a great movie. Yeah, uh, the, the, I think it would be more interesting if this movie was called K underscore underscore <laughs> <laughs> dot. Yeah, <laughs> underscore under- K
0: underscore underscore dot Lur. <laughs> yes, uh, you know
1: the, that old chestnut. It's simpler I, it's, that it's, way. Uh, you know? I
0: insist that from now on, whenever we refer to the title, it's, we refer to it as K underscore underscore dot. Yeah, learn. That's not going to happen. Right. Um, that's no, just like we say, Max, the one to watch for HBO. I think K that's underscore fair. Underscore you can do that, fair. Dave. You can keep doing that. <laughs> yeah. All right, Sounds good. Okay. your hardware. What were your thoughts on David Fincher's The Killer? Uh, I I freaking love
2: this movie. And I was surprised because I think the word coming out, um, was it Venice um, or wherever it premiered, was kind of like lukewarm. People weren't like super into this movie, but uh I love I love a good fincher joint where he is playing with style. This is a beautifully stylish movie. This is a wonderfully brutal movie too and a cynical one in the ways that we know him. I love a good assassin movie is a thing too like I love I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because uh, hitmen live out lives that we cannot, you know, outside the confines of civilization, right? Uh, they they don't have to hold to our rules. Uh, they have a simple job. They have a code. They have an ethos, and they just do it. Um, I don't know. I find that fascinating um, as a character thing as well. So I had a lot of fun with this movie. I think it's incredibly well made. Um, there are shots and sequences I'm still thinking about. Fastbender is perfectly chilling and precise, in this, and um, this is the movie that proved that David Fincher knows that he can pick up the camera from a tripod and hold it, <laughs> move it around, move around <laughs> the camera while a sequence is happening. There was a sequence in this movie where the camera's moving, guys. It's amazing. Actually, it's like not
0: yeah, yeah, okay, so true fact. Yeah. Uh, Devinger is referring to the fact that Fincher is notoriously... Uh, very controlled about everything he has like rarely does the takes yeah he uh, it's i don't, I would not say he rarely moves the camera but all of his camera movements are very controlled yes, yes, they're yes. usually like a pan a tilt a dolly mm-hmm. um or steady cam. like it's very rarely just you know it's very rarely like running around with the camera shake the sh- my, the, the sh- shake yeah it. okay my understanding davindra which you're gonna be very disappointed to learn don't don't fucking ruin this that, for me dave yep is that the handheld stuff was done on a dolly and the camera shake was inserted after that. How was it? So. Was it is it like digital? It, it actually... It yeah, has, yeah, this, it's like okay, digital... yes, this has to be him, right? It has to be, it has to be
2: the, the facsimile <laughs> has to, of chaos, yes. but it's controlled. That's and for right. that is this That's entire right. movie. <laughs> that is this movie. So as a reflection yeah. of a guy... Who is notoriously a perfectionist? Okay, yeah, I, t- I take that. I guess he did not. He did. He learned nothing. Actually, he's a <laughs> failure. He's an absolute know, failure. I, just like I know. I know exactly.
0: Killer. I know yeah. exactly what's in your talk. It's the one where you're following Fastbender's character, right? And no, it's like, there was oh, there a fight one. scene, which I think is one of the best fight oh, scenes we've yeah, gotten yeah, yeah, this year. Yeah. Where the camera's yeah.
2: like Paul Greengrass camera, where it's just like, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. They're moving all over the place. And I think it's uh it's a knockdown dragout fight. Um, Fastbender, I guess, is. This is uh what was it, after the uh the Soderbergh movie. He also had
0: a great like in-room fight scene that was pretty brutal. Um, he yeah you know, this is the second movie, very minor spoiler, but this is the second movie that Michael Fassbender plays an assassin who gets thrown into a television. Yeah, it's, um, uh, that's hmm. his thing. That's his comic no, card. Like somebody it's has
1: comic. a uh uh a a new list for um yeah letterbox why is this calling card a broken
2: tv i don't get it guys Um, indeed
1: i agree agree.
2: yeah i I adore this movie i think it's um it's a really fun watch but it's not like it's not like a big bombastic movie it is a slow methodical thing it reminds me a lot of the american which is the uh the movie starring george clooney Mm. that not many people talk about i think that was anton corbin um but i really i love a good slow methodical movie about the underworld like this and i think this is um this is just so well done this is fincher just like i think in some ways like certainly after mank i feel like we saw mank right we talked about mank and i think we reviewed mank reviewed- yes, is yeah. a movie where i don't even remember talking about mank maybe it was because it was in the middle of the covid and everything and all I remember, it had like, it had, like, really weird audio. You know, they were trying to do 1940s audio style and stuff in that. And I was like, that, this is not what I want from Fincher. Um, the killer is what I want from Fincher. It is wonderfully stylish and fun.
0: Yeah. Jeff Connado, your thoughts on David Fincher's The Killer?
1: Well, Dave, I guess you could say my thoughts on David Fincher's K underscore underscore dot Lur. <laughs> best <Thanks>. summed up <laughs> in the form of a limerick. The Fincher style's always so slick, but somehow feels realistic. In this pulse-pounding thriller, he's created a killer that's more like a grounded John Wick. Mm, all right. I feel like I came out of this movie and I went, this movie is John Wick if... It was plausible.
2: Sure, sure. Well, it's Hitman, John Wick. David Fincher sat down and played Hitman. I was like, I get it. I get. I get all the pieces, all the characters, all the movements.
1: It has a lot of the elements of John Wick that we Mm -hmm. all love. It's Mm -hmm. got like a a sort of underworld of killers that all sort of know each other, and there's there's like a a, 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 like a code, and a there's a, a fiction. There's a world building in this that's a little more subtle than John Wick, but still there. It's got you know. Revenge is the primary motivator. It's got you know like do not wrong the bad man because the bad man will take everyone down with them. It's it it's got all those John Wick elements, but it does it in this really cool, plausible way that still has some over the top awesome stuff. But man, I completely agree with davindra I loved this movie. This is you said it so well, Devendra. This is what I want from David Fincher. dripping with style every shot sumptuous and gorgeous i mean there's a there's a half an hour section at the beginning of this movie that is so rad and just so patient and so it's like Mm -hmm. the way it's shot the way the light comes through the windows the it's just like so much detail to everything. Fastbender
2: doing yoga. And we're all just like, yes. Yes. Look dude, at that. Take pose. your time. Really fast. Yes.
1: Um Yeah. The, the, the way that we're in the head of this guy. And also, you know, I think we'll talk more about this in spoilers, but also the fact that he ain't perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, frequently shows how this guy who just thinks very highly of himself (laughs) is kind of a screw-up a number of times, right? And I love that about this movie. It's this pompous... Conceded, like I'm gonna, in my voiceover. I'm going to tell you exactly how to do everything. Yeah. Wait, what? What's happening? What? This is a story of David <laughs> Fincher making Mank for Netflix, right? Like, oh, that was a miss. Yeah,
2: that's a miss. It's, <laughs> all right.
1: This movie is a blast. I loved every second of it. I didn't want it to end. I love the soundtrack. As I said, in our cold open, I am a huge Smiths fan. The fact that this movie is like covered in the Smiths and Portis head is and like Portishead, yeah. so awesome. Uh, these are like my, some of my favorite songs. Also, it,
2: showing up in uh, C- a "Murder at the End of the World," by the way. Like the Portishead and the Smiths
1: are, I guess, I guess, a great vibe together. Yeah, Portishead mm. Um The but like the the way the you know I it bums me out that most people will see this, you know, on a sound bar or on a mm-hmm. you know on a, mm-hmm. a, a bad mm-hmm. audio or things really low and the, like I watch most things in my with my kids asleep, you know, with the sound low and subtitles on. This I watched in my home theater with awesome sound. I think the sound design of this movie is phenomenal yeah. and well worth seeing it in a great audio environment. If you're
2: watching at home, you can put on headphones. Like sometimes it yeah. is worth just putting on a good pair of headphones if you don't have like good speakers. Like it is. It Agreed. makes a huge difference. Yeah. If
1: you don't care about talking to your loved ones. <laughs> well, shut, every, shut everything out in your life <laughs> yes. as the killer does. You know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, and and the it, it's kind of chapterized this movie, mm-hmm. and I loved that. Yeah. I just I love the methodology. The you kind of dipping into this person several years into their journey of being the killer and seeing how they've constructed their life and constructed their 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 methodology of of mm-hmm. how to execute people is really cool. There's so many cool ideas. There's like awesome. <laughs> you know, awesome execution. You're know, like Hitman, the video game style. Mm-hmm. How would you do this? Oh, that's a smart way to do this. It's this was, I think this one might make my top 10 of the year. I really, wow. I can't stop day. thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it.
0: I have a lot to say about this movie, but I think we're going to do it in spoilers. Uh, I will start by saying I had a great time with the film. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And I, I was baffled by the reviews coming out of Venice yes. because, yes. um, uh, because the first twenty minutes of this film is Michael Fassbender doing a monologue, like a, a, a internal classic monologue, Fincher monologue, you know? too. Like, yeah, classic Fincher monologue. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, is this is gonna be the whole movie? Mm-hmm. Like this. Now I understand why people were a little lukewarm on this. Like this is gonna be the whole movie. It's Just like reflections of a killer. You know, and like that's the whole movie. Nope. It, it, there's like tons of action. There's chase sequences. You know, there's like all this stuff going on uh in this movie and just as a propulsive form of entertainment i think it's uh just really well done and love fincher style the meticulousness uh every element of david fincher's movies is meticulousness uh, is meticulous the camera movements as we discussed mm-hmm. earlier the set dressing the lighting the color grading like you can tell uh, obviously Um, that kind of work goes into every single movie, but you can tell that David Fincher is somebody who has extremely strong opinions about each one of those things. And, uh, and that all comes through really well in the movie. I think Michael Fassbender does a great job as well. The question that I have about this movie is, is he role model? Yeah. (laughs) No, (laughs) is what is the movie about? Mm -hmm. And I think there are Mm -hmm. a lot of different theories I see out there and, and, but we can't really talk about them unless we're in spoilers. So I will say I agree with a lot of what you guys have said. I think it's really well done, really entertaining. Um, I'm I'm less sure that it's like, you know, I'll give an example, like Panic Room. uh, I love that movie. I watch it all the time you know every every couple of years i'll do a panic room viewing because i just mm-hmm. think it's really well put together
1: dave watches I, panic I room in his panic room <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, that's right i i watch panic room to relax you know it's like a nice <laughs> <laughs> it's like a nice chill God. movie um but that is not a movie that i would say is like about anything meaningful you know it's just like it's a really a thriller. well done. he's a
2: good genre guy and like i think right, he right. likes that exercise
0: uh, that's exactly yeah. exactly so so i think a lot of people have been saying this movie is about a bunch of different things mm. and let's talk more about that sure. spoilers but like that's what I, I, you know it certainly references a bunch of different things um but i don't know that it's really about those things so that's what i've been struggling with so all that said um let's say that's spo- a that's a
1: detriment for you mm. it, mm.
0: no no not necessarily like if it was just a really entertaining panic style uh genre thriller i'd be like great that's that's fun i'm gonna watch this every couple years um but maybe it's more than that. And so that's what I've been kind of like dealing with. Uh, and, and let's talk about it. So let's get the spoilers for The Killer starting right now.
1: I thought up an ending for my book. It makes no damn sense. It
0: compels me though. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. When I buy a new book, I always read the last page first. That way, in case I die before I finish, not, I know how it ends.
1: You can't handle the truth. Inconceivable. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin.
0: So the things that I've seen the most reference. Well, actually I want to make a comment about something that Davindra said, which was uh like This, this is movie- his mank, yeah, or Well, m- this m- movie giving us an ostensible view into the lives of hitmen. Like sure. there's there's not much evidence that hitmen of the type that Michael Fassbender portrayed uh-huh. actually exist in the real world.
2: I mean like Hey Dave, he, Dave, he I he is like a I, I don't uh, care like, yeah, I don't. This <laughs> is fine. this is fiction. Yeah, I want to be entertained.
0: Um, uh, yeah. That's fine. Yeah, that's why yeah, yeah, yeah. re- I'm, I'm. just like I'm just fascinated by this idea because we've seen mm-hmm. depictions of hitmen all the time in movies, right? Yeah. But yeah. like the idea that they're hitmen who are like suave and rich and like they like yeah. you know are really cool and like they have tons of, you know you know what um, what else that, doesn't exist in real life? Ethan Hunt. Does it matter? <laughs> no. I. I all fair, all fair. <laughs> it's just a topic that I am personally interested in because we see so many hitmen on the screen. I'm like, and you're like, what's up? Uh, what's like, up with the real hitmen? What are their yeah, lives like? Do these people actually just and uh, like honestly? You can't really study them because mm-hmm. the really like true best hitmen, mm-hmm. they you know, you don't even know they're, that ghosts. they're yeah. ghosts. or the yeah, ones we know about
2: it. are like people in Cohen brothers movies, right? It's the like guys yeah. from Fargo
0: or something. Exactly, like,
2: it's, yeah, it's, it's exactly. Kind those of are the ones idiots.
1: that are like typically, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Hitman is real, some right? idiot that is willing to do anything for money and mm-hmm. right, yeah, one
0: hundred percent accurate. Okay, yeah. anyway, so what is this movie about? A lot of people have said it's about kind of the grind of the gig economy and how like and how like taking taking gigs <laughs> left and right eventually grinds you down until you're just <laughs> until a, you lose your after, humanity I'm going after my employer yeah. like, i'm going after my employee. That's, you know, like, that's, that's a take that's a take um but i do think that the movie is very clear about mm-hmm. how our atomized society enables him to do the things that he does specifically think about his use of Amazon lockers, <laughs> his use of DoorDash, yeah. his use of McDonald's like all these
2: cheap protein, like McDon- yeah. McDonald's
0: or cheap protein. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's like all these things. It's like no one knows who each other are. Yeah. I we're can not hide in, in plain in a, sight because I dress like a exactly. German tourist. We're not living in a community. Yeah. We're not, we're yeah. not living in a community anymore. We're disconnected, like, Everyone man. No one knows each other. Sometimes I feel like people just crash into yeah. each other yeah. just to feel something, you know? And so And sometimes uh, he wants to crash into people with bullets to (laughs) feel (laughs) something. I don't know that I don't know that the movie's about that, but I think that's certainly a part of it. I think that's a part of it. It's it's like the milieu in which the movie takes place. I
2: mean, in the same Um, way that Fight Club was about like dudes in the nineties kind of just like dealing with being a modern guy right like uh you, you have to know about ikea furniture and what does that say about you have you lost your manliness or something i feel like it is sort of a commentary in society in in that vein you know well i would mm-hmm. i would
1: argue that fight club is much more more overtly that yes, yes. Than this mm-hmm. movie it is overtly anything um but yes i
0: yeah. I, I liked uh, max reed's take overhead his Substack, readmax.substack.com, or i'm sorry max um are you guys familiar with the concept of the Sigma male? <laughs> no. You guys know what that is? I feel no, like I'm going to Do I want this. to know what it is? Yeah. So uh, I, I believe the Sigma male is a concept of a male that is in juxtaposition to the alpha male. Mm-hmm. Because basically mm-hmm. there's a bunch of... Um, Douchebags? Incel type dudes online <laughs> who uh, like want to figure out how to better themselves as men. And they're like, oh, for a long time, like the alpha male, like I want to be the alpha male. Well, eventually they realized that that is extremely off-putting to women to be like the
1: alpha male type. <laughs> and, so and a new, anyone with a sense of anything.
0: Or women or men in general, yeah, you know, like any, humanity any, in general. Any sensible person. Uh, a new concept emerged uh, called the Sigma male. And I'll just read very briefly here. He says, Sigma male is a foundational concept to what I think of as the loser internet. The cross-platform <laughs> network of self-loathing, reactionary forms and influencers whose main activity is in inculcating huge amounts of self-pity in insecure young men. Um, but yeah, Sigma males are defined as the outsiders who don't play the social game and manage to win at it. Anyhow, the alphas hate Sigmas because they are the only men who don't accept or at least acknowledge their social dominance. Everyone else is vaguely confused by them at the party. It's the guy who stops by to say hello to a few friends, accompanied by a tier one girl that no one has ever seen before. (laughs) Sigmas often like women, but also tend to be contemptuous of them. End quote. Anyway that's a, a definition of the signature. It's kind of sure. this guy, this guy who like thinks he's super cool, um but is still like, you know, can be quite reprehensible as in the case of of the killer. Um anyway, I just thought that was an interesting lens on in which to view the movie.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, okay. But <laughs> I think this movie is pretty critical of its main character. Yeah, I, absolutely. yes, absolutely. I think this movie sh- uh, is is holding up its main character as a pompous ass who thinks yeah. he has it all figured out and is is incompetent on numerous occasions. He would be a nightmare to work with in an office. <laughs> right? Well, also because he's the kind you.
0: of guy he's the kind of guy that like messes up the presentation and blames everyone else. Right. For the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh like he he messed up his contract and the honorable thing to do is to accept the consequences of that, <laughs> which in the case of the movie it would be like going to hiding, like fleeing and going to hiding, yeah. which like his boss was willing to accept right. right um but instead he's like no i'm gonna go, literally go back and murder everyone you know who's kind of instigated like they're, they're, but he was not this he, is he a was response
2: the to something he yeah. was the target he was the target of that he you was the but like, if he had not gone home would they have hurt like they never explicitly said like would they have hurt his girlfriend like i don't know if that's true The only way I'm watching this is like this, knowing this is a David Fincher movie, seeing those opening shots and how meticulously framed they are, especially the overhead shots of him with the sniper rifle looking over at that building. And I was thinking as I was watching, like that is just so beautiful. Like how we are seeing every room. And then afterwards I sent you guys this link. Like that whole thing is like a composite shot where they like, lit and set up each room individually and what we're actually seeing is the like is the feed of him meticulously controlling everything basically in, yeah, in that presentation
1: uh, that i, I that yeah, opening yeah, that to- opening 30 minutes i i just think is perfect i loved mm-hmm. i love that the fact that we're just sort of dropped in on this we don't know what's going on we don't know who, who his target is or why we're just seeing the sort of mundane uh grunt work that is required of this kind of pseudo glamorous job and he, here he is you know doing something that is mind-numbingly boring and but also we're sort of like trying to suss out exactly what he wants out of it he's into
2: it like he is into yeah it. he's not doing he's not he's not like dreading his life he's like nope this is my job and i'm gonna be very good at it and i could not help but think like this is David Fincher making movies. This is every story we've heard about David Fincher, like demanding 50 plus takes or something until it's the right thing. And it almost feels like this is a movie about Fincher reckoning with the fact that perfectionism is, is kind of hurtful to him. Right. Like it, it's not always helpful. Um, but when and you, it's I kind wrote, of I just the studio comes
0: at you and you can't make movies for a while, huh? <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't read this as a Fincher analogy. Like a lot of Fincher, a lot of people have said, like he, David sure. Fincher is the killer, sure. and I don't read it that way. Simply because the killer is a a terrible person, but b like just really incompetent. I um, mean, we as, don't know. He failed one shot. No, no he, he no, fails no. over no, no, and over no, 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 again. Yeah. Let's let's talk about how he failed. Okay. Yeah. okay. First of all, he spends twenty to thirty minutes. the The, the, the movie is really interesting because there is a big gulf, yes. between everything he's saying. in the internal monologue and then what he's actually doing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at many many points what he says is completely diametrically opposed to what he does yeah um
1: and oftentimes uh, one one of the things i love most about the movie is his internal monologue his pompous internal like uh, you know his 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 his, uh ted talk that you're getting (laughs) about how to be the best killer in the world is often interrupted by him fucking up by him messing up the literal exact thing he's talking yes. about. So, so
0: we get a 20 to 30 minute spiel about, uh, Oh, all these things I do to be perfect. And like, the reason I'm so good at this yeah. is because I don't give a fuck. You yeah, know, like yeah. he's like, uh, this is why I'm so awesome. And then of course he like messes up his first contract that we see. Royal. What like other in, ways in, did he mess up in, in the, the beginning? The, yeah. Uh, d- uh, yeah. I'm getting to that. Okay. That's the first thing he did. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on, uh, he goes to confront his boss at that New York office. Right. And he's like, okay, I'm going to, uh, shoot nails into this guy's yeah. chest. And then he's I'm going to 15 I, minutes to live. He's going yeah, to demand information from this guy after I shoot. And mm-hmm. so he's like, okay. And then he's like, he shoots the nails and he's like, "A oh, guy, 180 pounds, uh, five foot nine. This guy's going to live for 15 minutes. Bloop, <laughs>
3: yeah, he's like, like ah, shit. Shit happens, man. Shit happens. Not shit happens.
1: It's it, the movie is showing you yeah. this pompous mm-hmm. ass yes. is not as good as he thinks he is. Absolutely. I mean, it's... and then later yes. on, yes.
0: Yes. R- right after that scene, uh, he is he takes the woman mm-hmm. uh, who like is like, I'll tell you the information, but please, like, don't don't make my body disappear. Okay, the right thing to do in that case is to make that woman disappear. Right, and he says forbid empathy stick to the plan don't improvise but then he ends up giving the woman what she wants uh which is she leaves her body behind and so like eh, like and i could point to like three or four more examples of what i just said which is like is that him fucking says, up? i don't know it's him it's him not doing not the monologue not you know? it's, yes. doing it's, it's the him thing portraying is, yeah. yeah portraying a version of himself that he does not live up to like, and that's ultimately what I think the big, I, movie I is don't know be- how
2: that does not make it an interesting Fincher
1: parallel. The other, there's yeah. another, six, that's what i mm, Okay. I mean, that's that, fair. that may be a, that's a separate And point. you're, you're yeah, skirting you're separate, over separate.
2: the crazy shit he did before is like, he walks in, his house is trashed, Portis head is bla- uh, blaring, right? That is Portis head blaring. He figures <laughs> yeah. out what's happening. They messed up his girl. What does he do? He slowly, like he figures out. Spends like the day just looking at the cabs, finds the cab company, uh, uh, goes through their like 1980s computer to figure out that thing
0: like that stuff. Is, I'm not saying, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe we're arguing about this. I'm not saying he has no competence whatsoever. Well, no, but you keep just saying, saying like, he's such a fuck up, like as a character. Yeah, well, I'm saying. But he, he yeah. fucks up at
1: multiple critical moments. I think the, in the movie position, <laughs> it, it shows yeah. him as this highly effective killer, yeah. certainly. <laughs> but I think the movie's position is holding up his yeah is drawing a juxtaposition bet- between his view of himself sure, and the yes, reality yeah. of of what he actually does. Yes, he thinks yes. he's way better than he exactly he is good in some respects, but he thinks yes. he's way better than he is. And I think the, the my takeaway from the whole film is that the movie is making fun of that. Right? Yes. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. It is really. Um, it's funny when when the boss
2: dies when the boss dies like oh yeah you got 15 minutes it's a big oops haha moment for the audience when what well, he fucks up and makes that you know yeah and a, and it dies.
1: shows it it constantly is undermining his his perceived omnipotence right <laughs> he is this like I am the alpha if you want to use those terms or I am the the uh the the uber assassin yeah. I have I've yeah. done everything that makes me into this you know, the, the supreme tool of destruction. And yet the movie is constantly showing like, oh, this guy kind of sucks, you know, like, <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah. I, I love that about it. Like I loved that it's taken the piss out of him. Yes, he accomplishes his goal. And by the end he has wiped out all the, the, the danger. And he's sitting poolside by his girl, but it 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 is kind of showing you like the, the people, the, what I took from it is, the people that are most vocal about how great they are mm-hmm. are often lying. Not that Every You
2: mean yeah. people have a inflated sense of ego, especially I, a lot of people like this? <laughs> that is also what is I'm saying is <laughs> like that feels to me like the Fincher parallel, almost like him I reckoning with his own like his own. This is a known thing in Hollywood. That his this own guy is such a perfectionist and is such yeah. is a massive yeller, is like, is like is almost this persona.
0: Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm not. And he's not perfect. Yeah. I think that reading know, is
1: there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm not. Okay. I'll, I'll walk back how opposed I was to that. Yeah. Re- you were just um, like that is a uh, dumb idea. So. I never said. I never said. I said. I said the reason it doesn't resonate with me is because of this. But you've you've kind of convinced me to that side. Um. But Jeff and I, you and I, Jeff, we're completely sympatical and like what how the movie is like. I mean, the
2: guy's clearly he, messing he, up.
0: Yes, too. That's part of the fun. That's what I love
1: yeah. about it. I love. Yeah. Yeah. I love how I don't I don't remember seeing a movie that is um sort of ironic like that. You know, I love right, I right. love the irony of his you know, he thinks he's the absolute shit and he's 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 shit. You know, like <laughs> it's it's fun to watch in a movie. It would be completely
0: unbearable to deal with this person oh, in real life, yeah. think, mm. you know. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh let's talk about the ending. I think some people have been let down a little bit by how it ends uh to me it's was very logical to me that he would murder all these underworld people and then the one person whose death would spark an international manhunt uh he would spare that person yeah Uh, but i don't know if you guys had any reaction to like how that all played out um it struck me as like a very logical conclusion but i think people were like oh he's been killing people left and right of course he would kill the final guy um but it made sense to me. I think that that uh, part, like he yeah. is,
2: he is a, a certain part. If he, this felt like revenge, and he gets to this guy, is like, well, what what is the aftermath here? If I kill this guy, what happens? And it's nothing really good for him, right? The math doesn't right. really work out for him.
1: The Jeff so. Bezos character,
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Carlos Howard, love him. I, 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 so so good. All that stuff, mm-hmm. is so good. I, I I don't want us to skip over the Tilda Swinton sequence yes. though, because mm. yes, that is some of my favorite. That was. That is felt so John Wick, you Mm -hmm. know, with like these other assassins that also, you know, uh, live in this, uh, uh, this parallel universe of assassin people, you know, and like that whole sequence of her knowing she's dead and then still trying to to, to get back at him, you know, so so ratchet. One, like, oh, one last One last try. Yeah. So so good. But like all the you know, eating of the food and tasting things for the last time, and her and him just. Yeah, and she and she calls
0: him out on his bullshit too. Mm-hmm. Yes, like, you know, she mm-hmm. says she he the real the quote unquote right move for an assassin in this situation. Certainly, you don't sit down across from the person, right? You know, they don't see it coming. That's the way you. There's yeah, all the, the camera work. Just... Like
2: people right. see him but, there. Yeah, so exactly. Good. Exactly right. Yeah. So
0: she calls him. And she's like, No, you're not just here to kill me. You're here for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. And I think Jeff, in addition to just self-deception, it's also about his weakness Mm -hmm. as a person. It's about like Mm -hmm. he's weak in certain. He has certain vulnerabilities. Right. Uh, And one is like you know this woman in the office who he like he didn't spare her, but he he didn't spare anyone other than the billionaire. But like he gave her what she wanted, and uh, he let Tilda Swinton finish her meal. You know, and like all these things that like show that he's not following his thing step by Mm -hmm. step. The sociopath um, does have humanity,
2: you see? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Not one he verbally advocates for, but certainly one think, that is there. I yeah. think
1: DaVinci was making the analogy that, see, Fincher's saying, look,
0: yeah. I, I yeah. do I'm, have a little a, heart. Also, look at me. I care about you. <laughs> Don't you love me? I care about I will still, I will still murder you, yeah. but, but just like... Under under circumstances that are slightly more favorable, for him, basically, right? Like that's that's yeah. what he's saying. We haven't talked about um, the fight scene, by the way, and the whole so lead
2: up rad. to that whole thing. The dog, is, um, and the, fl- the dog, being so the dog. It's a whole like him scoping out the scenario. This is me at the beginning of every hitman level, just basically like tracing <laughs> yeah. the perimeter of the thing. I was like, okay, yeah, I could do this. Just take out that dog and get in there. I don't know it's, how it, yeah, he fucked up so badly to like totally miss this giant dude right behind him, but you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, like, he think it he's like I he's literally he's literally yeah. saying like stick to the plan and mm-hmm. then literally he gets interrupted yeah. mid monologue <laughs> by the guy slamming into him. So
1: good. That's the uh, fun part though. That's funny. It, yeah. It's, it's an, funny, but it also yeah. shows it's that it's yeah, not, yeah, yes. you know.
0: It's exactly. it shows he's but not who that won good. that fight, least. like a skinny Michael
2: Fassbender during this wrestler dude is just like that is a fun knockdown drag out fight. I was like, "Oh man, you're you're doomed," you know. Yeah.
0: And I, I don't know yeah. if even Michael Fassbender's character in the movie would say he's particularly proud of yes. how that fight went. Yeah. I'm just gonna put that out. There. I mean, but you're um, proud of who's left standing, right? So. Yeah, you're, he's proud of he's proud of the outcome, mm-hmm. not necessarily the process. Uh, amazing fight sequence. Amazing. Whenever I watch a fight sequence like that, I always think to myself, "How did they reset this? Mm-hmm. If they needed to mm-hmm. do like multiple takes, you know, like <sighs> there's stuff like shattering, breaking yeah. every two seconds." And it's really impressive. Um, so, so good. Yeah. So I got. I
2: I, gotta, I was thinking I was like I want to rewatch that fight scene, and then I was thinking I want to rewatch like the whole like honestly the whole beginning, and then it gets to the point where I'm like I just want to rewatch this movie over and over again, and like live in the weird vibes of it because it's so much fun.
1: Yeah, and I love. I loved all the. I, I mentioned this in the pre-spoiler stuff, but I I loved all the audio design of, we're. In his earphones, out of his earphones, mm-hmm. in his earphones, out of his earphones, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, as he's listening to the music, uh, I thought that was rad.
0: Yeah, particularly during the opening mm-hmm. kill when he's listening to the Smith. It- it's a really because you're 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 cutting between, um, uh, yeah, outside of his earphones mm-hmm. and in the earphones, and you're getting like glimpses of the song. Yeah
1: and so it's and really amazing. it is so thoroughly modern like i love this this very much ne- you know obviously he's in a we work at the beginning and and well the, it's a
2: it's a dead we work too it's not yeah. like an actively yeah. running we work it is the detritus of that whole organization <laughs> totally yeah. Yeah. before before we work filed for bankruptcy mm-hmm. yeah so.
1: and i love the um i love the 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 stuff with uh you know <laughs> him him musing on the uh the storage wars guys are gonna open up his his storage <laughs> containers after he's dead, you know, and uh, they're gonna find like what the hell was going on in here. Uh, it's so I, good.
0: I have to say this uh, when it comes to David Fincher's The Killer, uh, Michael Fassbender's character is storage unit goals. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> absolutely uh, I, yeah, meticulous, I mean, meticulous organization. So Yeah. That thing is so well organized. Well, that's
1: how you know it's fiction, right? There's no storage unit in the world that looks like that. (laughs) It's
0: like the most organized (laughs) storage unit in the world. My basement doesn't
1: look like that. It's right behind me. Right. It's
0: incredible. It's incredible. You know, like he's got the the bin with all the license plates, uh, a freaking Pelican container with all the guns, and the passports and it's like and apparently he has like five or six of these it's like
1: wow you're you're
0: maintaining five or six
1: of these (laughs) are they all at this level is my (laughs) question (laughs) you know this is like my wife's porn you know she's (laughs) like container store everywhere store store store. who's who's restocking
2: (laughs) this these things like how, how does the the actual mechanisms of this work we didn't talk about by the way after he uh he messes up the early killing by the way love that shot just love the look of like him missing it and uh, the woman getting yeah. shot instead, but then it's like quick, like mm-hmm. oh, I messed up. Wrap
0: up, let's wrap up this whole thing. Right. Yeah, uh, pack it up, and,
2: and a really fun chase.
1: Incredible, yeah.
0: and and throw not not yeah, yeah. not even chase because no one's chasing after yeah. him. But like he's throwing objects into random yeah. garbage. He bins is and, he is running from grits. the police because like they are looking yeah.
2: for someone. So he is like right. always ahead of them just yeah, a yeah. little bit. But yeah, fun fun sequence. Really
0: really great. I noticed like. Most of the kills in the movie happen in slow motion. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that was an interesting, uh, interesting kind of way of. Uh, basically, anytime he shoots someone, yeah. the, it always cuts to like a slow motion close up of it. I've seen this movie twice at this point, so like, yeah, I've the
1: noticed the, yeah. the slow mo of the uh, whatever sort of uh, dominatrix lady at the beginning, mm-hmm. like yeah. getting shot back, so rad, yeah, oh, so.
2: Brutal again. I brutal. think Fincher is playing a lot of games. Like that is a very Assassin's Creed thing to do, of like the slow mo before the chief kill or something. So,
0: well, that's why he got he saw Assassin's Creed with Michael Fassbender. That's true. Like, it's I true. That, I need that, that man. I need, I need, need Fassi. <laughs> I need that guy. He's gonna be my next assassin. So, um, any other thoughts on the killer, folks? I I loved uh, it, man. I just
1: mm-hmm. every every yeah. every second of this movie, I just I did not want it to end. I was loving every. Everything that happens. I've just was so into it.
2: I uh I mean he has been what was it after Dragon Tattoo? I forget if Dragon Tattoo actually did well for him, but I do feel no. like
0: yeah. It was it was not a huge success.
2: Um not a huge success. He did Gong Girl and Gong Girl Gone was. Girl good. was huge. Gone, girl. Then, Gone girl was huge. But then really. it was straight on the Netflix stuff, right? It was Mindhunter, yeah. um, and also like a house of cards before that. But I do feel like I miss this Fassbender, like a guy who was just like giving us really meticulously crafted genre Fincher, stuff. Feature, I think you yeah, right. um, yep. But really meticulously crafted genre stuff. And yeah. I hope to see more of this. Like this is a fun movie for him.
0: It reminds me of, uh, you know, I talked to you guys about the Sylvester Stallone documentary, Sly on Netflix uh, last week mm-hmm. on the podcast, and how at one point Sylvester Stallone realized, hey, I should stop trying to be a comedian. <laughs> I should stop trying to be, you know, funny or or yeah. dramatic. No more movies with dogs. Um, th- yeah. There's one thing I'm good at, and I should just lean into that thing. I am curious if like David Fincher has realized that with this movie or not. Maybe he's going to keep trying to do other I things. Mean,
2: I mean, it's I he's been trying to spin up projects. So like, Mank was a thing that I think was just like on the back burner for him for a while. But he was doing bestsellers, like what was before. It was. It was Gone Grill. It was Dragon Tattoo, right? And the social network was ostensibly based on the work that was going to go into the book around that, too. Like he Mm. was basing his projects around things he thought would be hits, whereas this is more of like a one off thing, but. Yeah, I don't know. I hope he finds it. I don't it know when I look
0: at when I look at Panic Room, when I look at Girl with Dragon Tattoo, mm-hmm. when I look at The Killer, when I look at Gone sure. Girl, like these are all basically largely speaking they're all crime thrillers. They're all kind mm-hmm. of like different very Zodiac. different, stories, but those but are like, different phases yeah, of his career.
2: Like Panic Room is early 2000s, right? Like before yeah. the social network, before he had like
0: Oscar Cred. So what it's, is Oscar true. Cred Finchy doing? And then you know, yeah. Benjamin Button would be like yes. in that in that era as well. Um but I, that's what I'm saying is I hope I, you're right; they're all, all from different eras, but uh, you know this is the one through line that he's consistently done really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do agree. I hope that he continues to make movies like this. I love it, so.
2: and yeah, check out Love, Death, and Robots if you miss like more of this Fincher vibe. Like he he has done some sequences there, and I love a lot of those shorts. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, at the end of the day, it's really impressive that David Fincher made a movie.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: And that's going to bring us into this week's episode of The Filmcast. You can find more episodes of this podcast at uh, thefilmcast.com. Email us at slashfilmcast at gmail.com. Our theme song comes courtesy of Tim McEwen from The Midnight. Our spoiler bumper and weekly plugs music comes from Noah Ross, who also edited this episode. Next week on the podcast, we're going to be reviewing Napoleon, new Ridley Scott movie, uh, this is an interesting one, you know. The Jeff, you and I have seen it. This is an interesting one. Prequel so. to Napoleon
1: Dynamite that I did not see coming. It's yeah, uh,
0: you know, a lot more, a lot more killing
1: in the prequel to Napoleon Dynamite than I. <laughs> yeah,
0: a lot of million millions more people died in the it's prequel true, than but I, the I thought. Same would amount be, of dancing, yeah. so. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Well, we hope that everyone listening to this has a lovely, happy, healthy, and safe Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you very soon next week on the Filmcast. Goodbye.